This is Danny Nelson. And Alexis Holzer. And this is Prep Yourself. Prep Yourself, and we're talking about nuclear fallout. (laughs) 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 Run for your life! So the reason that we decided to talk about this today is because North Korea doesn't like the United States. (laughs) This might be news for some people. This podcast used to be fun. <laughs> I'm not cool with this anymore. Just recently, it was so fun. It was so fun. Before we get to nuclear disaster, though, <laughs> last week we talked about our comp plans. Comp plan. And Lex, tell me about your comp plan. Didn't do it. <laughs> God, I'm the worst. <laughs> For- part of the reason that we do this, and many of you know, is that because... We, and many people we know, are really well-developed procrastinators. <laughs> I thought you were going to say business professionals. Nope. Uh. <laughs> I mean, we do a lot of business, and that's why we didn't get to it. Slash, also, I binge-watched Project Runway All-Stars. Oh. But other than that, I did do a few things for my comp plan. I'm really proud of you. One thing is that I realize that I don't actually know anyone with a landline. <laughs> I, I also didn't get a lip phone <laughs> or a hamburger phone. I um, <sighs> I can't believe you didn't get that. I actually did look up to see if there were football phones, and there wasn't, but there are hamburger phones. So. Mm. But My birthday's coming. When's your birthday? May 10th. All right, listeners, did you hear that? May 10th. Just around the corner. 15 football phones, hamburger phones. (laughs) What about a football with a hamburger phone? So I realized I didn't know anyone. I called some people. I texted people. (laughs) Like, hello, is this your landline? Nope. Just just hung up. Just to ask if they had landlines. And my sister, you know, has a landline at work. And she said that I'm welcome to call her at work. And I don't know that calling her at work, because if something's going on, she's probably going to leave and go home, you know, even over here. <laughs> so, no one with a landline until you get one. Wait, how many people did you call? Three. And they were all like, hey, this is really great that you're doing this. And I'm like, oh, hey, weirdo. Um, no, I don't have a landline. <laughs> there, are people that the I, there are people that I know well enough to call and say, do you have a landline? And they could be like, nope. And they already know I'm a weirdo. They're like, so they don't need any backup information. <laughs> Good old Danny. Danny the weirdo. Also, there's only, you know, there's not that many people I also realize that I trust to have my, like, communication bearing on their responsibility <laughs> level. For as much as we don't take this seriously, we take this really seriously. <laughs> so, I also, Leaf and I did come up with, uh, we discussed the Loyal Heights location mm-hmm. where we're going to uh, go to do messaging and stuff with people who are in our area. We discussed our alternative house plan. Which he told me that he's just going to grab his bag that I made for him and Dylan and leave. And I'm, can't you wait for me to get home or something? No. We also discussed, which we'll talk a little bit later about for the nuclear disaster, our plan. Because we work in neighborhoods that are right next to each other. Right. So what our initial plans 
are for just that part because there's no way for us to get home on foot within the time that we would need to do it. Right. And and then I uh, also creeped the Loyal Heights Community Center. <laughs> and that's how Danny got a restraining order. <laughs> there are a lot of children play fields there, oh I learned today. So a lot of meals to be had. <laughs> Communications plan. And more like culinary plan. <laughs> culinary plan is on the up and up, people. <laughs> it's going to happen. But uh. it actually is a really cool place to meet because there is that building actually has a bunch of, a bunch of the building is actually below ground yeah. because it's kind of set into the hillside. Right. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's not a small building. So depending on how many people have actually ever taken the opportunity to look up Seattle's emergency well, hubs. five more since our last <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but they have, uh, they also are, not only are they a community hub, but they are actually a communications hub for the city. Because there's two kinds of this, these hubs. So maybe one of those ham operator people oh set God, this up. I hope so. Who knows? And we'll go, and I'll be like, call the space station. And you'll be like, shut up. We're, yeah. trying. We're like in a war <laughs> right now. But it was pretty fun to talk about these things with uh, my family and then also some friends. Mm-hmm. And just to see the discussions that come out of that of... But do I go home and then go somewhere else? Do I actually have anything at this my house that I really need? This is really great cocktail conversation. Is my house safe enough? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's so like, good. Oh, nice to meet you. Do you have a communications plan? <laughs> I did nice tell to my neighbors. You. Do you have a landline? <laughs> <laughs> Does that landline have a flip phone attached to it? And it actually was a really interesting conversation in the fact that Leaf brought up that a lot of even landlines at this point actually run on the same system as the internet. Yeah, because I think like voice over like internet. Fiber cabling and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I want to take a chance, you know, after talking about all of that to maybe look up some of the ins and outs of how landlines work. Because I know for emergency devices, let's say an elevator has to have a landline, not an internet phone. Because if you're, like, stuck in there, you need to be able to call a human being. So I'm curious if how much they are allowed to mix those things together yeah. at this point. That's probably something we should ask the city. We totally will. Seattle Emergency Management Department, we're coming for you. We are so coming for you. <laughs> More about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I had a really good time at least initiating that part. Mm-hmm. I did write down in a notebook... On paper? On paper. What? Like a little small pocket notebook that I put in my bag I now. Um, phone numbers. But what I realized is that I need to have them in like 10 different places. Yeah. So I need to make copies since I hand wrote them with mm-hmm. a chump. I should have typed <laughs> them and printed it and then. <laughs> I don't know. It gives like a little piece of personality. <laughs> I can Instagram it. <laughs> yeah. Here are all the phone numbers. Don't use them. <laughs> I'll just put, like, a little emoji hearts over mm-hmm. the, like, primary parts yeah. of the phone. I mean, I didn't write anything down, but I told my neighbors, you guys should definitely be on the comms plan and talked with Kevin about where we should meet because we both work downtown, not close to our spouses, so we would want to meet someplace and then have someone to walk home with. 
in that direction. I love that discussion that you guys had. Just the play oh, out. Yeah, you of, were on that too. Yeah, even in five minutes, that play out of, oh, here's the initial idea, and then the reconsidering of, is that actually a good idea? Mm-hmm. And I love what you guys came up with because it actually included another person mm-hmm. that you know. Yeah. So now your meeting place wraps in another family member. Mm-hmm. So we'll just, like, by the time we get to our house, we'll just have this big group of people just super motivated to go and live through it, <laughs> unless it's a nuclear disaster and then we're all dead. I oh, already wait, told Leaf that we were coming here for your wine collection. That's great. So I'm fine with that. I would love it if everyone came here. I hate leaving my house. <laughs> I don't think that your house is... I think your house is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I do think that we would want to take one of the rooms and measure out the windows and make some boards that are specifically that side. (laughs) (laughs) And we can pre-drill the hole, like the screws in them. So then you just have to get a drill and get them in there. Oh, I think we have one or five drills in the garage. Oh, cool. We'll have one that's just set in your window ready to go. (laughs) Next to the fire extinguisher. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So I guess comp plan homeworks, definitely have a D on that right now, but it's in the works. Just can I have an extension? Uh, Absolutely. Everyone gets an extension because part of the great thing about adult homework is that (laughs) you're the only one that it affects. Which is also the scary part. <laughs> I did do more to get my bag together. So I had all this stuff together, and then I looked at it, and I put a few more things in there, got the baby clothes out, got more of the baby stuff together, and so I'm ready to, like, stick it in the bag. But then I was like, I don't have any food. I need food. <laughs> That's water, food, two things you actually need. So that definitely needs some work, too. But I just kind of tell myself, it's okay. It's a start you can do this without having to be really overwhelming. It's a work in progress and you're just going to have to add to it. And like I said, my birthday's coming up and Mother's Day. For sure. And there are definitely things that I am working on adding as an extension of my bag Mm -hmm. um, within the home since we've started talking about this. But like Lex just said, this is a long-term thing. Mm -hmm. We're not pressuring anybody to do anything. No. Because we're human beings. Because <laughs> we can't even do it ourselves. <laughs> There's only so much things we can do when we're trying to get some, you know. Working for the man, taking care <laughs> of that baby, walking our dogs, trying ourselves, trying to stay up on my games. Hulu. <laughs> Ugh, so much stuff. So, uh, speaking it, of staying up on your Hulu, Jericho. Uh, actually, it's on Netflix, but I anyway. Do not want to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> If you've seen Jericho, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It sucks. <laughs> so bad. Danny's like, watch this. It's really good. And I'm watching it. I'm like, this is why I don't watch network television. I can't stand the fabricated, stupid, mediocre drama. <laughs> I, okay. Let's this start. resolved within 40 minutes. I'm like, ugh. Let's start with this. Number one, I never said it was really good. Yes, you did. What I said was, it is really good for being about this topic. <laughs> And she had a twinkle in her eye. <laughs> and and I did have a twinkle in my eye. It was a lot of wine that I had had. But <laughs> they... So Jericho was made around 2006. Yes. And it is... The premise of the show is that there's this very small town in Kansas. They see that a nuclear bomb has gone off. There's some... A little bit of character development before this happens, like Way 10 minutes. too much. I think it was I hate 10 them minutes. All. I hate them all. <laughs> she hated them all within 10 minutes. 
decade-old t- TV has weird pacing. Like, the pacing of shows now has is really fast. It it just, it's hard to handle. It felt like an after-school special to me. Like <laughs> it does a little bit. Like, the looks that people give each other. Yep. And the knowing <laughs> of what's happening and the backstories and yep. the and cool the, kid that takes the nerdy kid under its wing and then and disregards the terrible him after her friends find out. What's he doing here? I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> so there's a nuclear, they see a nuclear bomb go off uh, in a city nearby. Denver. So in Denver. Sorry, Denver. And each episode is kind of, the first episode is like when it happens. The second episode is like one hour in. The, like the third episode is mm-hmm. 24 hours in. Like, and they go through d- the time periods as they're moving through the show. For those of you who don't know, the show was canceled. <laughs> so Shocking. There was only two seasons. I know. I looked on Netflix. I was like, what? Only two seasons? <laughs> no. I can't even make it through two episodes. Probably because everyone died. I hate it, and I keep watching it. That's because it's one of those shows. <sighs> I think that I, I enjoy the show. See? I, I wouldn't you say do that like good. it. I like terrible things, though. Look at my boyfriend. it's so bad but i keep watching it because then things happen that have to do with the actual like actual drama that's happening i'm like i don't care if he's sleeping with that bartender and cheating on his wife because a nuclear bomb just went exactly like more than one in the united states and we're focused on this drama between this kid and this other kid and that guy cheating on his wife and ooh, maybe those guys will get together yeah, I hate it. As we I do love that there are like an unusual amount of um, uh, not white people in this town of Jericho. <laughs> in like, the middle of Kansas. They're like really going above and beyond to make it diverse. There's a deaf person in it. There's a black guy who's a main character and he's like popular in town. There's some Chinese people around. And I'm like, this is great. This is what I want TV to look like. And they were ahead of their time in 2006. Yep. But I'm like, also, in there's Kansas. some great crossover actors that are also on The Walking Dead, which, which I really I, appreciate that they seem to specialize in disaster scenarios. I <laughs> think you would also appreciate it. I've still never seen one episode of it. Um, that's cool. I would rather you read the comic of The Walking Dead. Okay. I think it's a more pertinent story to what we're trying to do in our lives than the show. My life is a cartoon. Like we learned last week, you hate entertainment. <laughs> I know. I was like, I hate this Where's too. I hated everything I watched last week. I hated everything then. I hate all of this now. I'm going to pick something. We're going to review Real Housewives of Atlanta next week. <laughs> that is a disaster. It's a real disaster. It's really surviving every time I watch it. But the things that I did like about Jericho. So if you can take away all of the storyline stuff. I love the fact that it took this idea of... Everyone, like, the, like you see all the characters see this happen. There's some iner- initial emergency things that happen. Like, there's a bus that wrecks because, like, the driver gets distracted by Another. seeing the cloud. 
There is a crash. There's a car wreck that happens because the people are watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, there's some a initial bus. There's some initial emergency scenarios that are just people being people, mm-hmm. and then there are reaction scenarios where they are now dealing with three thousand people. I think is the size of the town where they're trying to ensure that three thousand people are safe. They're spread out. They're so they're problem solving around much more than just. Am I personally safe in my own home? And then they also go through some of the radiation stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as it moves on, it starts getting into the... People start fighting over gasoline and food and everyone stealing from the lady. And pesticides for farming. Like... Oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah, that's going to come up. Oh. But, I mean, these things... Spoiler alert, Danny. These (laughs) things... Spoiler alert for a show in 2006. (laughs) (laughs) I only watched The Wire, like, two years ago. (laughs) The Wire is so good, That's good. Okay, if you could watch The Wire... So, stop listening to this podcast. Go watch The Wire. (laughs) All four seasons. I don't know why you haven't. It's weird that you haven't watched it. And then come back and continue exactly right here at this part. And then never watch Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I agree with you. It's good in that... It kind of gives you this scenario of what we're talking about here of what will a town do. And I was like, oh, this town is 3,000. What about Seattle? It's like 600. Yep. Um, That will be a little bit more complicated and crazy town. Yep. But I think the town was not prepared. They had these bunkers, but none of the provisions had been replenished. And so the mayor of the town was getting a lot of flack from his competitor in the re-election. Again, terrible storylines. But he was being blamed at every turn for the town not being prepared. And I was like, that's not going to be me. I'm going to be one of the people that's not a character in the show because I took care of my own damn self. And I'm in my basement with my food and my family and my dog watching. With Danny calling your hamburger phone. Yeah. We're just chatting. (laughs) Yep. Because we're on landlines and we don't have to keep it short. Yeah. We can just be like all day long. We could be like, well, while we're waiting for some other response, let's go ahead and talk about. I'll be like, I gotta go. I'm breaking up from the MRE. <laughs> TTYL. Yeah, I'm gonna eat my favorite MRE. <laughs> for those of you who have seen Jericho, feel free to comment on it uh, in our social media areas to to defend it with me and let Lex know that she just has bad taste in terrible television. Just no network TV. <laughs> I just need to get rid of TV altogether. So, um, a few other things that I watched that I found really helpful were there was a really cool TED Talk that was from a while back about uh, the general threat of nuclear war. And then there were uh, a few other, you know, kind of like three-minute videos of do this, do that. So, I highly recommend just Google it. Just just go over to videos. Mm-hmm. I find that to be the easiest way for me to get information really quickly because I get the visual stuff mm-hmm. and I get didn't to see, see any cute like reenactments of nuclear fallout. <laughs> I didn't see, I didn't any see nuclear fallout. I didn't see disaster dodgers kids group addressing nope. nuclear fallout. Nope. Except for you can go into the duck and cover. Did you ever listen to that when you were little? Oh, my God. I had this amazing cassette tape that were all military and war songs. Oh. And so it was like the Green Beret song and stuff like that. And then there was this whole segment that were just like commercials for that they used to use in the like 60s to help kids learn how to react to emergency situations because of the Cold War. Yeah. 
So Duck and Cover was this, like, cartoon turtle. And there was, like, an alarm that would go off, and then he would be, you know, he would react, and they're like, a he turtle? knows what to do. Uh-huh. So how fast was he reacting? He Well, he just went into his shell because he ducked and covered. Oh. I can see him, like... Slowly walking over <laughs> to the desk. And this is a really fast desk. turtle. Oh, he was on a lot of crack cocaine. <laughs> he was. He had been doing drugs. <laughs> in he was the on 60s. a five day bender. He was on amphetamine. There was no disaster. He thought there was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> he was the disaster. So those were all um, really good. And we'll like, so we are going to talk about one article in like in particular. But there was a lot of information that kind of came from a variety of places. Uh, I did go down the rabbit hole of looking at the nuclear threat from North Korea. Good news there. They won't have the technology for at least five years is the estimate. Suck it, NK. (laughs) No, just kidding. You're fine. I mean, we don't love you, but also we're not a threat. We're just too... Stupid liberal people in Seattle in a basement. Um, (laughs) But there are maybe perhaps uh, bigger threats uh, that could have their hands on nuclear weapons, and especially with some international powers that we've had words with before uh, in the the last 50 years or so. Russia. I'm talking about (coughs) Russia. (coughs) Russia. They uh, had a large number of, you know components to nuclear weapons that have I think we have the most but they have the second most. They have the second most. And we both have the same kind. But their stores of them have been not as guarded as our stores of them. Like where they store them. So whether they're still where that they are supposed to be because we report all of this stuff to the UN, mm-hmm. right? All of all of what we have like do all we? the I mean do we do we I'm going to guess that we've got a few up our sleeve. And by up our sleeve, I mean in Bremerton, (laughs) 25 miles away from where I'm sitting currently. So while all of this is going on where North Korea is like, I'm going to bomb you because you suck. Um, Because that's the way that North Korea, they're from Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He might as well be. Uh, (laughs) They... um, you know, when he's over there being like, we just were going to hit them with bombs. The people in Seattle were suddenly like, oh, you know that, that Wait, we're like the closest did you mean, major port Did you mean them? us? Wait. <laughs> we have a science march on Sunday. Yeah. Saturday. <laughs> and also we have a military base here with nuclear submarines. A huge one. A really big one. So there's one of four locations in the United States. This is where I started to get like, this isn't fun anymore. When, yeah, there's one of four locations in the United States that has nuclear warheads. One of them is Bremerton. A huge one is Bremerton. And that is 25 miles away from Seattle. So I wouldn't call that like a good place to be right next to but we love the city so great otherwise we're just gonna figure it out so it's been raining a lot it's better than like (laughs) it's radioactive rain at the moment exactly we also have joint base lewis mccord another huge target we also have the puget sound naval shipyard where we build all the ships we also have a port that brings in some 
crazy number of... I think it's second to the L.A. Yeah, some crazy amount of storage containers. Then we also have some huge international companies that could easily be a target of... They're... Okay, people. All they have to do is hit Starbucks and we'll lose our fucking minds. <laughs> Here you go. Here Collapse will ensue. To the to the liberal populace, uh, who are the only ones probably listening to this podcast. <laughs> All two of you. Because they're we our friends. You. Yeah, we, thank you, tens of you. We there is an organization out there who does not like the American imperialist uh actions or nor companies coming and changing the way that their people you know, freedom. They don't like freedom. Yeah. They don't like eagles on they the shirts. They don't like the open commerce and all the sin that it brings. And Yep. So those people, Iran, uh, <laughs> Iran, 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 we can have all the conversations about how I pronounce things. Anyone I'm writing them to. all down. So they may want to hit a target that just is to destroy our way of life. So Amazon. No. Which is about to hire some crazy, like, 100,000 people this next year or right something. Right when they finish the, the glass balls insane. downtown. Yeah, they have some great big balls that they're building. I have a friend right now who's traveling to South Africa to help, I think, train or bring people on board there. And I was like, they have an office in South Africa? Of course they do. They have one they everywhere. Everywhere. Um, Microsoft. Heard of them. Is here. <laughs> you may have also. Um, Boeing. Boeing, for sure. We have an international airport that could... So there is a... I'm really going to put a... Just a little bit of a... You know, like, maybe look at L.A. The film industry's there. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> it's a city in a desert. It They're doesn't even belong worse. there anywhere. Way worse than us. Anyway, yeah. This is the kind of stuff we're thinking about when we're talking about a nuclear attack. So today we're going to focus our conversation about surviving this situation on a WikiHow art article. WikiHow <laughs> is the dumbest thing on the internet. And usually <laughs> I read them. I learned a lot. And I'm like... Uh, so I knew all of this part by common sense. So where's the like details of it? This particular one is really well written. Yeah. I was like, why didn't the people in Jericho read this? (laughs) Well, some of them did. That was pretty smart when they like blew up the front of the mine. So all the people were trapped inside. Mr. Hawkins is the only one. And I don't know who he is yet. See, I hate this show and I'm not going to stop watching it. (laughs) I hate it. We'll have an update next week about what Mr. Hawkins is doing. (laughs) One of the cool parts, so the part one of this article is preparing in advance. Lex, do you check? (laughs) Did it? Check. Let's do it. Do you want to go through those and just like real quick about just the general kind of step one, two, three, four? Yeah, it starts with um, writing it down on paper. Also. No, but having a plan of how to be sheltered within 48 hours of an attack, um, preferably longer, or being sheltered for that long. So if you're at work, where would you stay for two days? If you were at home, could you stay at your house for two days? If you're on vacation, I don't know. That's the last thing you want to think about. But um, just having a plan of the thing, the places that you usually go, if this happened, where would I go and where could I stay for 48 hours? 
Um, they talk about food and what kind of stuff you need to um, stock up on non-perishable. So I think this goes on a completely different path that we shouldn't talk about today. But in terms of like if you have to bug in, what are you going to have on hand? And they said pasta. And I was like, dried pasta? That seems like it's going to be pretty hard. I'm making like a shit ton of Nutri-Grain bars. Right. Um, yeah, oats. Honey I thought was a really good one. Beans. But this was like all stuff that you had to like put together. Bread? I was like, I bread? Think, I think pa- the nice thing about pasta is that you can store it for a long yeah, time. Yeah, you can store it. But then it. it takes so much water yeah. to cook it. And energy. I guess you would cook it, but then you would drink the water and... Like we do camping. I don't know. So they had some things on there, but we'll talk about all that stuff later. Noodle water served at our dinner party. Oh, I drink noodle water all the time camping. You don't want to throw that out. Um, and then they talk about water, a gallon per water, a gallon per person per day, which I was like, I know zero people that drink a gallon of water a day. Is this also for washing and other things? It's for Yeah, I think it's for cooking. I think it's for a combination of drinking, cooking, and then... You may have injuries that you need to wash off and stuff too yeah. in an emergency situation. Yeah. So this made me think, and I've seen this a couple places, um, you know, every time I'm going to the grocery store, I'm going to buy some big-ass gallon thing of distilled water, purified water, and I just completely see myself getting into one of these crazy prepper people. I'm like, oh, I should do th- Okay, I'm going to do this every time I go to the store now. It's pretty funny. soon my entire basement is going to be filled with stuff that people are not going to want to be friends with me anymore over because I'm like you're taking this too far Alexis. Like <laughs> until this you week didn't listen to the podcast we're all going to die. <laughs> Honestly until this week we've only been talking about having one small backpack. Yeah. I'm like this is fun. I have all the things and I'm like oh my god. I don't <laughs> have anything. I don't have anything. I'm going to die. And so please don't let us freak you out. I can like feel my blood pressure rise. <laughs> This, like, freaked me out. So I'm going to try not to take it too seriously, but water is pretty pretty helpful, so I'll be getting some of that at the grocery store. Um, and then, obviously, your communications devices, we're all super well-versed on that, getting your crank radio, um, having your um, some walkie-talkies if possible, and a whistle. I did put a whistle in my go bag. I think you had one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your medications and first aid kits, uh, my first aid kit, I just found everything in my house. What I had now, like the one that I had was all expired. So I threw all that out and put in some new stuff and, um, uh, toilet paper, band-aids, safety pins. They had a thermometer. I was like, meh, I think you're going to know if you're having a fever or not. Anyway. So, um, and then the things like flashlights, garbage bag, a dust mask, that was, that kind of came up newer, but I was like, okay, I have a couple of those. I'll grab those and put it in there. And then some basic tools, pliers, a wrench, duct tape, you know, the magical adhesive. Um, and then and they now said, a drill, since yeah, we talked about a drill. covering your windows. Um, they said, keep an eye on the news. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll watch the news. <laughs> so we talked, uh... Uh, last week, and also with Lex's birthday coming up, maybe this is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. About on in my bag, I do have a hand crank radio, yeah. so it does not depend on any kind of uh, battery or um, solar. They're like charging some solar chargers. I was like, you just told me not to go outside. I can't go outside. So the chances of having TV reception, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but at least if you have a hand crank radio, you can get AM or FM and you could get something, hopefully. Especially lucky for us, we can get uh, some Canadian stations when you're looking through the AM 
station thing. Nobody's so. hitting Canada. Yeah, no, there's no reason to. We'll get our news from them. They're See, like in Jericho. They had the news that they found. They, <laughs> I hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gathered at the bar every night. They're at the bar. I'm like, they never ran out of alcohol. Like, how the delivery was not coming in, people. These are my people. (laughs) Um, And then they had this big satellite dish, and they would have guys up there moving the satellite dish. And somehow they got a Korean or Chinese uh, news station, and they saw it for a second. But it definitely seemed like there were no communications available to them there. And then another thing with the stupid show, people were constantly outside. No, you need to stay inside. Don't be on the roof. Anyway, the news. Um, <laughs> I will, uh, spoiler alert for you about Jericho, they do eventually at one point for three seconds talk about how she started making bathtub gin, just so you know. Oh. Oh. Well, <laughs> maybe eventually they walking. come to an alcohol That'll shortage. Be- and believe me, I immediately was like, who do I know that knows how to make booze? Mike. But we need hops. Yeah. So, but that's still a good skill for skills. bartering. We'll talk about bartering. skills. Yeah. Um, the next one was about how to like uh, evacuate if you can at the right time after you've um, stayed in place for a while. How do you evacuate and listen to all your uh, people who are in charge? I think it's also not a bad idea to invest in a gas mask. <laughs> Here's me being crazy again. Some sort of respirator to help you not die from nuclear fallout and uh, particles of gamma rays and beta rays um, that could be in the, the atmosphere to kill you. They could be in the atmosphere to kill Should you. Should we delete that part? <laughs> <laughs> delete the part where radiation might murder you? Okay. Okay. Just out of the world. Just, like, delete it from the it world. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, End of podcast. I, <laughs> and that also tells you, like, learn about the types of bombs. And I was like, nope, I don't want to know about those. So that brings us to part two. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Just so you know, there's A-bombs and H-bombs. And the reason that that is important is because of the spread of the radiation that comes from the types of explosions that they are. So the next part of this is surviving an imminent attack. So... If you, for some reason, we get some kind of warning, hopefully, I mean, have we, have you ever heard in the city any kind of like, we never have a test of anything. I've never heard a test of any kind of sound system. But what they're saying is you're going to know if there's an imminent attack because geopolitical situation, um, warning signs will pop up. Yeah. And we'll know that someone's wanting to bomb us. Like Unfortunately, in the Cold War. all the warning signs I read about are currently in play. Interesting. <laughs> Why am I freaked out? I don't know. Maybe I should just watch some more TV. Ugh. Um. So, hopefully you get some kind of... This is more like, you know that in five minutes a bomb is going to go off. So... The very first thing, you've heard me say like a hundred times, the first part of this whole thing is first you have to survive. It doesn't matter how many go packs you have. It doesn't matter how much you've talked about this. If you don't have your wits about you enough to just survive the initial disaster, then you're effed. So we did not do our job. I always say run first and then come back later. Well, and this that does apply in this case, sort of. If there is an a um, imminent attack, so a bomb is dropping 
at the point that the bomb drops, you have all of this is depending on your location. If you're right where the bomb drops, you will literally just be vaporized. Goodbye. You, there won't be, you won't have any worries about it because you'll just disappear. Bremerton, you were beautiful. Yeah, you were so nice. You were Thanks so for cool. taking one for the team. So then uh, if you're within a just the initial 10-mile radius, you have about 20 seconds to get somewhere safe. And by getting somewhere safe, number one, you do not want to look at the mushroom cloud. It will actually blind you, maybe Tempor- permanently, yeah, temporarily, but at least temporarily. Then you need to... Which everybody did in Jericho. Everybody, but it, that also was like hundreds of miles away. It was like really small. There, just I saying. I wish you guys could see the faces that Lex makes when she makes it in Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... And so maybe, you know, at our point from Bremerton, we're about 25 miles away. Like maybe you have one minute to get somewhere. So wherever you can get within one minute, your best possible situation is that you are in a concrete building with a basement with no windows. And you're just, you go down there and you're just already safe. Like you're not, you're good to go. In this case, my office building would be a fantastic place to be. That's cool. Because you can either get in the elevator shaft or the stairwell. And that's... You know, completely a foot closed of concrete. In. Yep. Um, and then just take that all the way down to the parking garage to my go bag because I'm usually spending eighteen dollars to drive into work every day because my life is a mess. I have no time, which I guess is a good thing in this case because your go bag is my there. go bag's there. I got some food. I got some water. I got some games. I'm gonna hang out in the parking garage. You might have various costuming with you too because of your other yeah. fun hobbies. Kickball. You know, I'll put on a skit. <laughs> Everybody, let's do a show about yeah. this nuclear problem we have going on. So let's say, though, that you do not have that optimal thing. If you are outside and you're caught outside and you know that within 30 seconds you cannot get indoors, you need to get into some kind of ditch and cover up as much of your skin as possible. This article said, literally said, start digging as fast as start possible. Start digging as fast as possible. <laughs> Dig in. Dig in, people. So you have that uh, initial 30 seconds that you need to get in for the blast. After the blast has actually happened, if you are somewhere that is not safe, so you're outside, you're on the eighth floor of a high-rise building, you're in a really old house with all the windows open, you know, like... Because it's a beautiful day in Seattle. It's a beautiful day in Seattle. <laughs> and never happens. So you need to secure yourself. So after that initial blast, you have um, anywhere from 5 to 20 minutes, depending on how far you are from the blast, to get somewhere a little bit safer. So why do you want to be inside? Because you don't want that initial shock of heat so, yeah, and uh, you know radiation to hit you. So that's why if you can even dig a ditch and get below ground, it's going to go past you over your head mm-hmm. or it's not going to get, you know, it's not going to penetrate through the concrete or whatever building you're in. So you want that to pass you. Once that yeah. pass, then. Then. And I will say this. That initial, when she's talking about that initial, like, wave, that like, the, the after effect of the actual bomb drop, it can go up to 600 miles per hour. So you do God. not want to be the standing wind. up. Yeah, the heat and yeah. the wind. It will blow you away. Coming from that, like, 
so that is why you want to be laying down. Uh, and not just near so that, a window. Yeah. <laughs> not, not next to a window, just being like, what's happening? Oh, let me see that. What's happening? So then you have um, 5 to 15 minutes before fallout starts. So you have the initial bomb and the initial bomb effects, and then that mushroom cloud goes up in the atmosphere. It spreads, and then essentially it's like a rain fallout. Purple rain, purple radiation rain, rain. <laughs> bright green rain, bright green rain. Ew. Um, get off me, rain. Yeah, R.I.P. Prince, one year. Mm. Prince would have had a bomb shelter. He totally did. Like a shelter that's dub bomb. It was called painkillers. <laughs> it was Too called. Soon. Should we delete that's that? Sad. No, let's leave it in. So <laughs> sad but true. And so you're. So if you. So when you're in this situation, you need to know for absolute sure that wherever you're trying to get to is a safer than when you are where you are at that immediate time and b that you can actually get there in 15 minutes. The most people who die from a nuclear bomb are fall are dying because of the radiation exposure, not from the initial blast. The initial blast is going to if you're within the first mile of the blast depending on the size of the bomb your and skin so, will fall off your bones. You'll be <laughs> immediately eliminated. Yeah, unfortunately. There's something like a 4% chance you might live. Oh. If you're within that area. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. There's a chance. And so um, you do not want to be caught out in that uh, fallout. So your work, you have the meetup location with some of your close friends and their family. Uh So finding out from them if at that meetup location there's a better place than your work is, which it seems like your work is a pretty good choice. I also work in a cement building that has a really small basement Mm -hmm. that's closed in that I would feel really good going into because it actually has two exits. Mm -hmm. It has like an underground crawly exit, which is like really cool. What? And then, yeah. Can we we do this? (laughs) You're like, what if we go now? Yeah, there's like these series of like locked gates like under the building that goes to the outside side to the front of the building that leads yeah I my know. face right now <laughs> like, she's so excited, so excited i've this. never crawled through there it looks really creepy but oh, one God. time there was a homeless guy who found out how to get <gasps> in there and like cut one of the locks so he could get in yeah totally and i didn't know the way that i found out was because i walked down there one day and i was like it smells like pee down here oh. and it was because yeah so Anyway, (laughs) other than the people being in our basement, (laughs) my building is pretty cool. So part of the plan that I made with Leaf is that if something happens, there is enough time for him to get from his office to me. Okay, so between the take shelter immediately, then you have like what? You said 20 minutes? Between 5 and 20 minutes, depending on where you are Mm -hmm. in the location. Okay, to get someplace else. Right. To so, get to a better place. So if you... If you need to. So so the bomb has gone off, and you've already been hunkered down for that first minute. Now you're going to look around you and say, oh, there is smoke coming from... You want to get an estimate of how far away it is. If it's like from me to downtown, I'm just going right back down in there. I'm staying where I am. I'm so I'm such a bad... If it Estimator was of distance. Rivers, like, that's about if it was rivers and seventy-five miles. <laughs> like two. It was, two it's miles. Two miles. <laughs> Damn it. 
If it's Bremerton, like, then you probably have closer to 15 to 20 minutes to get somewhere. But it also depends on wind and mm-hmm. weather. Fa- like, there's so many factors. But anyway, there, there supposedly would be enough time for Leaf to get on his bike and get to me fairly easily. So if we want to be together, which the nice thing about yes. my work is there's a lot of booze. <laughs> And water. Well, because we discussed if he could get home in 15 minutes to Dylan. Get Dylan. Yeah. There's no way that Dylan is going to appreciate that. He doesn't like firecrackers. Yeah. He doesn't like delivery people, and that is a major delivery. (laughs) He's not going to appreciate at all. (laughs) He's going to be like, hey, don't drop that off here. Yeah. Hey. That's not that's that package wasn't meant for this area. <laughs> All of a sudden, Dylan has like waving his finger like, around mm-hmm. his little dagger paws. Nope. He's he's a Chihuahua Terrier mix who's like fourteen pounds. So Attitude. His, he has dagger paws. He likes to walk all over people. Literally walk on them. Which feels good. So anyway. Leave could come to me. You need to know that you can get there. Do not try to go to your house and die in the fallout. Well, trying to get there. Trying to get there. It's more important that you're alive than that you get to a specific location. This That's why you have all com- these alternative, like, hey, this is where we're meeting. If I'm not there in this much time, here's how to react. And like, so this is where I freak out because my kid yep. is there. Like, I have to try to get there. So this is where I put on all of my clothes. Yep. My radiation suit. I have it work now. (laughs) (laughs) So this five to 20 minutes happens. Wherever you are after that moment in time, you need to stay there for 48 hours minimal. A minimum of 48 hours is what they estimate for the half-life of uh, radiation from an H-bomb. I think all of this is based on an H-bomb. So the half-life of that, meaning that the potential of you surviving if you go outside and you're all covered and you're not, you could go outside after those two days as long as you're covered up and try to get to your kid or try to get to your home or try to get to, like, a safer place. But for that initial two days, even in my car... I don't, but but what what happens when you get in your car and drive out of that garage, and you're just there's just deadlocked uh, abandoned cars. Well, I'd be able to see from my building mm-hmm. where that could at least get me so far. Yep. That then I could just get out and run. I mean, I just my I know baby you have alone a kid. with somebody who doesn't listen to this podcast i'm gonna guarantee that (laughs) and doesn't know about nuclear fallout (laughs) she's just chilling i mean she's dead then yeah this is this is what got you upset this week this is actually really about your baby yeah Yeah. Uh that's hard because number one she's one of my post-war meals yes so that's what i'm concerned about like i'm like i don't want you to eat nuclear (laughs) contaminated (laughs) um so that's a that's an interesting like point of view of that's where this freak out and like right and this happened in Jericho hate this show but there was a mom coming in and saying my baby's not here my kids aren't back from the on the school bus that crashed and then Ski Ulrich goes and saves them and falls in love with hate the show <laughs> but he doesn't fall in love by the way oh really is he still in love with Spoiler. Emily. <sighs> Heather loves him. <laughs> he doesn't love her. Heather's, Heather's quite totally into him, 100%. Yeah. 
And she's really awesome. Is she? Yeah. She knows all about mechanics. Yeah, she did. Yeah. I was like, oh, she has skills. Yeah. Why is she a high school teacher or an elementary school teacher? I think it's for plot, the sake of plot. I'm sorry. There is no plot? (laughs) Or was she a chaperone? Was she a teacher or was she just chaperoning? Well, I think she was the chaperone teacher. There was no other adult. She knows Emily. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. It's really important for you to watch that. But it is, it does, it does make it interesting to think about, because I know sometimes you guys do shared. So I have a nanny share that they don't live far from our house, but I know that they don't think about this either and they don't have a basement. So if they were there that week. I can see where it is very stressful for you, but it's cool in the way that you do get to process some kind of ideas around it. Rather than it being completely, like, you know the potential risk that you're taking to get to your baby. Yeah. Rather than just being, like, a crazy, like, I'm going to my kid right now. Right. In the very least, you know that you're piling on, like, 15 layers of clothing. Yeah. And a reflective thing. Mm -hmm. And crazy sunglasses and a respirator if you can find it. Yeah. So you're going. You're still going out in a better potential than just someone who's like, I've got to get to my nanny share. I'm yeah. supposed to pick my kid up at three. You know, like. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most what days, like. but that day it might be a little different. No, that's um, a good point. So thank you for bringing me back um, yeah. from that brink of freak out. Yeah. Because I think this can get really overwhelming. And that's a message to all of our tens of listeners is this can sound overwhelming, but just like if you know a little bit, you're a lot better than what you were if you didn't know about that. And also think about the lives that you can save by just telling someone, hey, you have 15 minutes once you're out there. Mm -hmm. How many lives are you saving to give that person a pause for thought to think of wherever they're trying to go to? Mm-hmm. Like that they have 15 minutes or how many people, if you can convince them to stay in for two days, like how many people are you saving just by letting them know like, Hey, fallout is starting in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah. is, this is what it is. So I think just having the information is really why we wanted to do this podcast at all is so that both so that we would have the information and so that. Our loved ones would have the information so that in the very least, um, someone with a landline will be there to pick up. (laughs) So uh, anyway, so you now you're now you've that 48 hours has gone by. There are some things that you need to assess. Number one, let's really, really, really hope that you have. some kind of radio connection, some kind of information that you're getting from the government. Fingers crossed. We won't talk about it. Well, we're going to talk about it in just a minute, but the um, there's a chance that you could, there's an electromagnet um, pulse. Pulse. That, <laughs> that's where you get in really crazy times. But these are reasons why you want a landline because all of a sudden your cell phone's not going to work. Anything that runs on electricity. Anything that runs on electricity is going to be effed. So... When you're in that inside whatever you're going to be in for 48 hours, you need to immediately start fortifying it. 
just because the more materials that are between you and the radiation, the better. So if you get into a place and you're like, this isn't the best, there's a lot of windows, I'm not underground, all of that stuff. If you can at least get into a room where you're boarded up, where you can put soil in front of you, or let's say there is no soil. Let's say you're in an office building. Go get every book that exists and mm-hmm. stack it in front of the windows. Those whiteboards, TVs, Those wh- chairs, exactly. bookcases. Just any material that can absorb the radiation flow that's going to be coming, start stacking it up. So <laughs> start doing that reinforcement. On this wiki how, if you end up going to it, there's a really cool little part where they talk about Steel, rock, concrete, wood, soil, ice, snow. I think that's when they talk about digging in. I think mm-hmm. they're talking about being in a snow environment mm-hmm. because because on the video that goes along with this, they're like get in a shelter, whatever it is, and they had a picture of a teepee pop up and a picture of an igloo. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> if these are your options, like. like uh, I'm not even going to think about all the things that are wrong with this. Indigenous cultures that yes. are like the populations essentially don't exist anymore. Like Plains Indians, yeah, or um, what are the Inuit? Eskimos? Inuit, yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, and I bet those people are just giving you all the middle finger. Like, I told you this was going to happen They're, if you didn't respect the earth yeah. and each other and the spirit within. Yeah. You like, got screwed. Get out of here. I told you. I also like how many pictures are of people like going into their like official storm shelter. Yeah. I'm like, can we write that down? Like, ask City of Seattle, where's the shelter, y'all? Oh, yes. We should definitely ask them about that. I will say, and we talked about this for a second last week when we were talking about the hubs, mm-hmm. uh, going to their website and looking up all of the hubs for Seattle. They do not have any official shelter situations. If you do, if you live outside of the city, there's a good chance uh, that there is an armory, mm-hmm. or there's specific schools that are set aside where they've reinforced a basement situation for large populations, or there is uh, uh, some kind of base, some some kind of military installation where they've set up some kind of planning to have mass a mass number of people. What? Unless it got bombed. Unless it got bombed. But yeah, in this city, like, there's at least no information about it that we can find. Yeah. But we are going to, we're coming for you. City of Seattle. Seattle Emergency Operations <laughs> Office. City, SeattleCity.gov slash emergency. <laughs> we're going to check you out. And people, please tell us if we're wrong. If that information, there is a 200-page document that we haven't read yet. <laughs> so if you've read that document... <laughs> What is it? TLDR. Too long, didn't read. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the truth. And that's why they make big fat hurt like earthquake guys. Yeah. Because they're like, at least they'll bum, watch bum, this big bum, fat bum. earthquake yeah. guy. This podcast isn't the cliff notes. So <laughs> the cliff notes of the cliff notes. So after this 48 hours, you may be able, like we talked about half-life. Uh, just so you know, the full life of radiation going away. For certain kind of bombs, depending on the size, depending on what happened, is at least 90 days uh, to get rid of it. But you're not going to stay in that long. I'm just letting you know you don't want to go and be rolling in the grass, like maybe (laughs) for a little bit. Like Dylan or might. You don't want to be drinking surface water. Like if you get into a, a 
questionable water situation, you don't want to go get the water, like, out of your gutters mm. or somewhere that radiation would have been directly affected by. They said out of your faucet would probably be okay. It would probably be okay because it's underground. It's probably coming from a, uh, a underground reserve, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So it's just knowing where that's coming from. So then after that first 48 hours, let's say you've now moved to where your kid is or you've moved to where your supplies are, you've communicated with your family or your friends and you're moving into a better position, minimize how much you're outside. And then wherever you get to, you do not want to um, come be just roaming the streets for at least eight or nine days. You want there to be 200 hours is what they recommend. So 48 hours absolutely do not be outside. The first 48 hours, you have the first 10 minutes to get somewhere and then just two days of sitting there. (laughs) Then you have eight to nine days that you need to be inside for as long as possible. But those eight or nine days are really important because you might be dealing with um, rain coming in and like stirring up the radiation and then just reformulating clouds where it's just spreading. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot that you can go into here about how long should you not eat the plants and vegetation around or eat the animals that are around because obviously they're all contaminated by the radiation. And things like uh, root vegetables that grow underground as opposed to apples that would get the full brunt of it. Um, look out for those, you know, we want to eat those foods and it goes into a whole lot that I don't think we should get into right now. They talk about rationing your supplies. So part one of the things that I really like about this, because, you know, we've been talking about that go bag, which is the first three days, and then you need to start expanding into seven days for each person and that sort of thing. And then you start looking at the longer time periods. But once you've hit this particular scenario, you know that you have to be in there for nine days. So you need to collect all of your rations, do a calorie count, like just straight up count all the calories and divide them up for those days. This is where people start shutting down. Yeah. I, I look at my basement and I see one of two scenarios. Dirt piled up against the walls. Yep. <laughs> Bricks piled up against the walls. Food everywhere. My composting toilet in the corner, my uh, ham radio in the other corner, my game center in the middle, uh, more food over here. I like the solar-powered game center. Yeah, thank you. Um, And then I see the other scenario as um, I just have enough food to survive that time, maybe. And and Because you can totally get crazy about this, and this is where... For sure. Preppers start, right? And this is where I, last week when I kept being like, get off my lawn, don't come over here, is because I had started looking at these scenarios. And part of that thing that I was thinking about was the uh, part of it where I don't want to become a crazy prepper, like insane person. So I look at what's just in my kitchen and how long that, that just leaf and I could survive off of that. And I don't know... Maybe one other person. Mm-hmm. We would have enough calories around to have another person there to survive, mm-hmm. but not a whole group of people, yeah. not a whole family. Um, I did love, so the next part of this, they talk a little bit about if you do have to go outside, like you're going to be in full gloves, rubber boots, uh, hoodie. 
Like head to toe covered. Head to toe covered completely. And then as soon as you, you have to get rid of those clothes. You're not like. Yeah, you can't fold them back up and wear them later. Right. Uh, Talks about how to help treat burns. So these are skills that we need to get. I think it's important for you to know it's not contagious. Radiation is not contagious. Which Jericho did a bad job of discussing that. (laughs) Did a really bad job. job. (laughs) Yeah, so I think. I guess she does tell them that they're not because then the guy shows up. Yeah, but they don't believe him. Oh, yeah. They do make him like sit over in the corner. Yeah. So maybe we should end this on, on that fact. Feel free to assist other people. Feel free to help people out during this. Not Unless they the, want your food and don't give them any. Not on the guard critical electrical equipment by creating a Faraday cage? Nope. <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> That's for the real crazy crazies. Or the super prepared crazies. The super so I'm like, that's how I, again, I'm like, well, why not do it? You know how to do it. You know it's going to work. It's going to help. Why not do it? I'm like, I just can't bring myself to to prepare that. Like, I have such a more positive hope for humanity that I really don't want to have to prepare like this. Yeah. So, and this is what we talked about beforehand, because Lex did warn me that this was a bit of an emotional topic Can for her. you tell? <laughs> <laughs> so, I do think that the biggest thing for me, that, and I especially wanted to do this early on, was just that two-day thing. It's just the, the initial one minute, 15 minutes, two days, and then nine days. Like, I just want my friends and family to know those time periods. I think all of the rest of how you deal with it within those situations completely depends on where you are. Yeah. So there's no reason for you to become a psycho prepper because if you can't get to your house, like, it doesn't matter that you spent thousands of dollars or created whatever. Like, you're still stuck in your office building. Thanks for bringing me back (laughs) again. Thanks for bringing me back. I almost lost the legs there. Uh, but we want you guys to survive. We want to survive. Um, at some point, we're going to do a survive in style. So yeah. we'll talk about... If you are at home. If you are at home. <laughs> some ways to spend those like uh, solar charging units. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of board games. I have wine and board games. Yep. That's why I'm coming over <laughs> with my go bag. I'm going to be ready for my, you know, mm-hmm. nine days. That is all. For this one, I think we've terrorized our own emotions enough. We are going to go back to more thinking about disaster preparedness and looking at the uh, just general mayhem of being in not as depressing of a disaster because you don't have to think about world events. The general mayhem of being a mother (laughs) or a father and uh, how you're going to deal with life with a child beyond just the day-to-day crap that you have to put up with. By crap, I mean actual crap. <laughs> like poop. Yeah, and like her sticking her hand in her diaper and putting it on her face. So we're going to do the this baby prep. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens, but it was right after a huge earthquake. What do you do? She's adorable. The funniest part uh, about it, like, obviously, 
for any of you who are listening who don't know me, I know nothing about babies or children, and I like actively <laughs> don't try to learn. I'm not trying to learn anything about babies. Yeah, I like hold my baby, so, and she literally just holds it out away from her. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe closer to you. Like maybe like with some affection or Possible? hey. I gave a child a nightlight that was the Death Star this year, and she she loved it. She enthusiastically ran and hugged me. I teared up. <gasps> it was a beautiful moment. That's as close as I can get to kids. Okay, a Death Star nightlight. That's what I got. But uh, I am going to get out of my comfort zone and help with this topic next week. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, prep your baby. Yeah, and then I think we should watch something that's... You keep saying, well, we should read The Road or watch The Road. I'm like, she doesn't want to do that. It's too much. I've seen The Road. I'll probably watch it, but I also want to watch, like... um, Look Who's Talking. (laughs) (laughs) So you know what what Lily's thinking? (laughs) I was going to say, like, Last Man on Earth. (laughs) Something funny. Yeah. You need something funny. Are there any kids on that show? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna maybe maybe our listeners if you have any thoughts on a movie or something that we can watch um that does deal with that's a comedy that deals with children in a disaster that would be awesome because um parable of the sower had a couple babies in it right um but they were just really good babies that didn't make a lot of noise (laughs) which is also (laughs) my baby but (laughs) i mean she does yeah yeah we love you guys love you're the you best too.